I don't know if you have a sign like this on your house or somewhere. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But it says no soliciting. Some people have it on their, by their doorbell or something nearby so that hopefully nobody will bother them. That's the idea. The word solicit is a good word. Its root meaning is to disturb. And so when you put up a sign and say no soliciting, you're saying do not disturb me. I don't want to be disturbed. I don't want you to sell me something or talk to me about something or persuade me about your religion. I don't want to be persuaded. I don't want to be disturbed. Well, this was on our house for a while. A young man came by and he was making these, trying to make some money. And so he said, I made these signs and he said, for a donation, he said, you can give me a donation and I'll just stick this up by your doorbell. Well, I kind of felt sorry for the young man. He's trying to make some money for himself. So I said, okay. So I gave him a donation and he put it up by our doorbell. Didn't solve the problem because we still got solicited. But now they, this week they painted our condo or our townhouse and you can't have anything up on the walls, on the outside walls. So you had to take it down for the painting. So we took it down and I don't think that I'll probably put it back up again. But it's okay if people put the signs up. I noticed he made a few sales around the neighborhood because a lot of these are on the doorposts from people. But no soliciting. Do not disturb. Now there's another sign you could put up and this one says, welcome. Hang this on your door. And that means to welcome comes from a root word meaning to receive gladly. When I welcome you, I receive you gladly. I'm so glad to meet you, or so glad you're here, welcome. Receive you gladly. Now there's one house, a few down, houses down from us, in which on the door it says, the sign says, hello. And then it says, welcome over on the side. So that'd be a friendly house. I'm sure if you knocked on the door, they'd be friendly because it says welcome and hello. Well, when we think about this, what kind of a sign do we have? on our lives? A welcome sign or no soliciting? So that's a good question to explore today as we look at the gospel lesson. This whole thing of wanting somebody to come to your door or using it as a, as a means reminds me of a couple of signs that I remember seeing and hearing about. There was a small town south of us when we lived in Montana and there was a fence, big fence post and a great big sign and going down the lane and the sign was homemade, home painted on a white background with black ink and it said, no peddlers, no missionaries, no salesmen, no preachers. So I figured I better not go down that lane. And then we had a vicar who served in our church and he was from Saskatchewan, Canada and his parents had a farm and they were plagued by salesmen all the time driving down their lane and coming to their house trying to sell something and so they decided they put up a sign too so they put a sign up by their gate down by the road and it said we shoot every third salesman the second one just left So if you're a salesman, you didn't dare go down their lane, right? Well, it's interesting that when we look at Jesus, 
people came because he had a welcome sign out. He was welcoming people. They came to him. They even went across the lake and see a Galilee following him because he had something to offer. And he welcomed them. He said, you can solicit me. He didn't say no soliciting. He said, solicit, beg, ask, disturb me. It's okay. I want to hear what your request is. I want to know what you want. I'm here for you. So he had a different attitude about how to deal with the people. They were attracted to Jesus. In the gospel lesson today, we see how that attraction is carried out. When Jesus talks about being the bread of life, come down from heaven. Now, you probably went to the grocery store this week or you'll come go this next week in the next few days and you're gonna buy some bread. Now, when you go to the grocery store, what a choice, a whole long aisle of bread. You can get white bread, whole wheat bread, half grains, 12 grains. You can get all kinds. You can get bagels, you can get hamburger buns, hot dog buns, all kinds of choices of bread. Bread is a staff of life. But yet half the world is hungry and doesn't have bread. But for us, we have plenty of bread. But suppose at the grocery store on the shelf, you're looking at all that bread, and all the different names, you saw a loaf of bread that said, eternal life. Would you buy it? Well, no. You don't have to buy it. Because you've got eternal life, the bread of life, Jesus Christ himself. You have access to bread, the living bread. That's what the gospel says today, the bread of life. You have Jesus. That's also interesting when we read in the Old Testament, the Exodus event, bread from heaven came down and fed the Israelites out of the wilderness. But remember, it was bread that got them to Egypt in the first place. They were fleeing Egypt now after all these years, but why did they end up in Egypt to become from? Because Jacob and his sons came over to Egypt to get bread because they had a famine in Canaan and they moved to Egypt because of bread. And now they're out in the wilderness and they have no bread, but God provides the bread for them as they escape from Egypt. And now in the gospel setting, Jesus feeds the 5,000. He gives them bread. He cares about their physical needs because they were hungry. They've been listening to Jesus for a long time during the day and they became late and so they fed, Jesus fed them. And then he goes and on a discourse and says, I'm the bread of life. What does it mean when Jesus says to you and to me, I'm the bread of life? That's a challenge for us to think about this morning when I think about the gospel lesson today. Because you see, without food, without bread, we die, right? You gotta have something to eat. You can't go very long without food. Without food, we die. Now the same thing happens in our spiritual life. Without Jesus, we die spiritually. We die eternally without Jesus. And so we see that Jesus feeds the whole person. He feeds the people who are hungry for some nourishment, for bread, and he feeds them the spiritual nourishment of life eternal, the living bread. So Jesus is both, and he emphasizes both. He takes care of his people, and he gives us his bread. What does it mean to call Jesus the bread of life? I hope that's the question we can answer today 
and you take it home with you today, to know that you've got the bread of life. You don't have to go to the grocery store and buy a loaf of eternal bread. You've got it through Jesus Christ. And you pray it in the Lord's Prayer, right? We'll pray it in a little few moments and we're gonna say, give us this day our what? Daily bread, yes. And God provides for us daily, day by day, the things that we need if we trust him, if we follow him, if we come to Jesus, the living bread. Now, I can take my vitamins, I can do my exercises, but I will die anyway. I may live a little bit longer because I do the right things, but I can't escape it. Science has no solution to keeping us alive forever. It's interesting, some people have frozen their bodies and put them in capsules and hope that they can be resurrected again someday when they've, later on, but I won't work that way. Science can't solve our problem. You won't go to your doctor this week or next week and when you have a doctor's appointment and say, doctor, can you keep me alive forever? The doctor would say, no, I can, I can keep you alive for a while with medicine, surgery, treatments, whatever, but you will die eventually. And so we have to look at who is the real bread of life. It's Jesus. He does raise the dead, does he not? Because he rose from the grave. He will raise you from the grave. You will live with him in heaven because of your faith in Jesus Christ. To do the works of God, he says, is to believe in the one whom God sent, namely Jesus. When you believe in Jesus as a Savior, Redeemer, and Lord, you have eternal life. That's what it says in the gospel today. You will live with Jesus in heaven because he died for you on the cross. He's the living bread. What joy that is for us to have. He's the bread of life who raises the dead. He loves me. He has the words of eternal life. You and I have those words in scripture. Wonderful news we have for being God's people. So rely upon Jesus, the bread of life. Will you not rely upon him? He's the bread of life. He loves you. He cares for you. You're special. He died for you on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. He rose again that you might live. He says, I'm the living bread. Come to me. And the people says, what do we have to do? He says, believe. Believe in the one whom God has sent. Trust God. But too often, we kind of slip over to trust the things out here in the world. We want to trust our bank account. We want to trust in our pension plan or our social security or the things of this world. And we kind of slip in to trusting other things. And that's why God says, the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. We trust God alone. We trust Jesus as the bread of life. Jesus is the answer to our life. He answers the answer to our problems. And today, in a few moments, you're gonna come up here and feast on the body and blood of Jesus, given for you, for your forgiveness, shed for you, for eternal life. You can live, he is the ultimate bread, and you need to feast on that bread today and drink that wine Take the body and blood of Christ Jesus. You have Jesus as a believer. Wouldn't that, and that's just hard to fathom, but it's true. Jesus says he's the living bread. There's a story about George Bernard Shaw, the famous playwright. He was uh, handed a newly written play by an author and was asked to make a criticism of it. Later on, the 
person came to him a few days later and says, asked George Bernard Shaw, how did you like it? And he replied, I fell asleep reading it. Sleep is my comment on your work. Sometimes maybe we fall asleep when we hear God's word. Or we get so used to it that we forget how precious it is. It's wake up time. Jesus is here among us. And Jesus has this sign out for you and me. Welcome. I welcome you gladly, he says. Come and solicit from me. Come and bring your burdens to me. Come. Come, Jesus says. You're heavy laden. Come. I welcome you. He welcomes you today. And he says, solicit me. Disturb me. It's okay. I'm here for you. And here's my body and blood given to you for your forgiveness. So what's, we have something to be thankful for and excited about. There's an ancient legend that was told to monks down through the years in the monasteries years past to teach the monks a lesson. But a story went like this, this legend. It said a monk found a precious stone one day, put it in his sat, traveling sack, and he met a traveler who was hungry, and the traveler asked for some help. And when the monk opened his bag, the traveler saw the precious stone. He says, can I have that stone? Well, the monk gave it to him. The traveler was overjoyed. He had a precious stone. He was so excited and he left the presence of the monk rejoicing. But then a few weeks later, he came back looking up the monk. And he said to the monk, please give me something more valuable more precious than this stone. Here's the stone, he said. Please give me that which enabled you to give me this precious stone. A lesson for the people in the monastery to learn what is most precious. So God says, hey, solicit me. You're welcome to come to me, disturb me. So remember, every day, you can go to the Lord because he welcomes you gladly. Next time you're at the grocery store and you look at all that bread, remember, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Or if you sit down the day at your dinner table and you pick up the bread, remember, Jesus says, I'm the living bread. And know that you have life everlasting through Jesus Christ because you believe in him. As believers, then we come to the table today and we receive that precious body and blood, the bread and wine, and the words, take eat, the body of Christ given for you, for your forgiveness. Take drink, the blood of Christ shed for you, for your forgiveness. Come, rejoice, in your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding
Keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus.